Welcome to Houston Sports Talk with your host, Robert Land. Thanks for listening to the best Houston sports podcast. Joining me for the Texans post game is my co-host, Stephen Curd. Stephen, I tell you what, this was everything Houston NFL history pretty much in a nutshell, except the devastating loss in the end. But oh my goodness, what a crazy game. Man, I, I don't know where this came from, and, and I'm not a big fan of The Simpsons, but to quote Bart Simpson, I caramba. I mean, how many games did we watch today, Robert? Two? Three? I mean, the, the Texans didn't show up in the first half. They rallied in the second half, and then there was overtime, which basically ran like at, at least halfway through the quarter. So, I mean, it, it felt like we watched three different full-length football games today, Oh, my goodness, if the Texans had lost this game, I don't even want to think about what what kind of mood we would be in, the Texans would be in, and the fans would be in, Robert. Bill O'Brien was fired about three different points of this game on Twitter. I don't know if you <laughs> noticed that. Yeah. Well, he was fired, yeah, and I think he was probably fired in all of our minds on numerous occasions if, if things had gone a different way, for sure. You go around and around on this all you want we talk about oh the right tackle and the left tackle and the the, this guy the secondary guy or what it it all comes back we can we go around and around and it just comes back to the quarterback and it always comes back to the quarterback and I was on a Bills podcast a couple of days ago Stephen and they asked me what's going to happen in this game and I said well you know not that I'm all that confident in the Texans but I said you know in the NFL it's the quarterbacks, and if this is Deshaun versus Josh Allen, I'm going to take Deshaun in a knife fight. And Deshaun said he put a card in everybody's locker that said, let's be great today. And he said after the game, quote, somebody had to be great today. Why not me? And it was him. Why not him? And hey, why not uh, Taiwan Jones? I mean, who of all people would you think would make the play that would set up the field goal to win the game? I mean, he showed some flashes last week against the Titans. Yeah, but Taiwan Jones. But but you're right, though, Robert. When it's all said and done at the end of the day, all through the game, it has to be the quarterback. And yeah, uh, Watson also texted uh, the entire offense during the week saying we need to be great. So he was on it. J.J. Watt, you know, he had a motivational speech, I think, for the defense. And I, I mean, this is when you have the chance to show up. If you're a great player or even if you're, you know, an average player, the postseason, when you get there, this is your chance to shine. And Deshaun, has, you know, he certainly had a penchant for shining on the big stage. He did it in college. He's done it a few times in the NFL. But this was a really big game for him, especially considering last year against the Colts where the Texans didn't show up. And honestly, in the first half, it almost looked like we were going to have a repeat of the Colts game. If you really think about it, I mean, they just they would just continue to be sluggish in the first half. Right, and and it's this deal. When you look back at it, Deshaun looked like a disaster because after six quarters and actually almost closing in on seven quarters, Deshaun Watson had scored a total of seven points in his playoff opportunities the first two uh, opportunities that he has as an NFL quarterback. And it, he looked terrible. And, and the seven points, let's not forget, was basically against the prevent, prevent defense late in that Colts game. And then all of a sudden, he kind of woke up. And, 
you know, you talk about it all the time. It's big players and big moments, and you need those blue chip guys to win when it matters the most in any sport. We see it with the Astros when it's Jose Altuve and the game's on the line. And we saw it with Deshaun, who, I mean, you got to talk about a ton of different things. But first of all, the touchdown, the 16-yard touchdown that he made. I mean, Stephen, it was, mm. it was just unreal. I mean, it, it was all Deshaun. He did it all himself. He dives in. Guys are closing in around him. Then he has the two-point conversion where he, he dives in, makes an incredible play, throws his hand across the goal line. Uh, you know, it, it was just – it was one after another play by Deshaun Watson. And then if it wasn't Deshaun Watson, it was DeAndre Hopkins because when they needed that big play, they go deep to DeAndre down the field. I, I can't remember if it was something like a 40-something yard pass. Yeah, I think maybe. it was a 41-yard pass, yeah. Yeah, and, and Hopkins was – he was MIA most of the game, and now it was MIA. He was making negative plays because he had that terrible fumble where right. he did what I always fear with him, Stephen. He leaves the ball out a lot because he's got those huge hands and he's just got confidence that nobody's going to knock the ball loose. Well, this time they did knock the ball loose, but thankfully he was able to redeem himself a little bit. Well, and even on the play to Taiwan Jones you know that Watson made – he was almost blindsided. I mean, he squirmed out of that. How in the world he did that to begin with and still managed to make the play to Jones, which set up the first and goal, I believe, at the 10 or at the 9, you know, of course, for uh, kicking the field goal. So, yeah, numerous plays by Watson. I, I do think, though, that that turning point in the game, I know there were so many big plays, but what really woke the Texans up was the other heart and soul of the team, and I'm talking about the sack by J.J. Watt. It's almost like somebody flipped a switch and the offense came to life. And the Texans, that's when they started coming back. Yeah. I mean, I think I tweeted at some point in the first half. I said, yeah, you, you can not play J.J. Watt. And he's going to be well rested when they're sitting on the couch next weekend. Uh, and then all of a sudden they figured it out late in the game. Oh, yeah. We can leave J.J. Watt in the game. What's going to happen if he's tired? So what? We, we're going to be sitting at home when he's tired, and who cares? You know, he's going to have seven months to rest. But, yeah, J.J. Watt, he matters. And he was making plays early in the game. He nearly got an interception. I mean, the ball went right through his hands. He was causing havoc when he did get out on the field. And then when he gets out on the field late in the game in the fourth quarter in overtime, it's a ripple effect because all of a sudden Whitney Merciless is making plays and Jacob Martin is making plays and everybody's getting into the act. And, and now you've got a pass rush and now Josh Allen's running for his life and they're sacking him time after time when all Josh Allen had to do was stay in field goal range and, and he couldn't do it. Hey, how about Jacob Martin? I mean, what were we saying about him at the beginning of the, of the season when he came over in the Clowney trade? It's like, who is this guy? I mean, he's going to replace Clowney. Is he really going to soak up you know, the the sacks or, you know, the tackles that, that Clowney made. And he made a big sack in the game today. And, and he has made several, you know, numerous sacks throughout the season. And Charles Aminihue, he he made a big play on that uh, no catch by Duke Williams. Got a hand in the face. Duke Williams should have caught that ball. He didn't. Charles Aminihue kind of messed that play up. So, you know, there, there was – and then the Taiwan Jones play. I mean, there were a lot of plays that were made by guys – not just with the great players, you know, the ones you expect to come through, but some of the guys you, you just might not think could come up in big moments. And the Texans had several of them in this game. Who do you think was the most underrated player for the Texans in this game? Because I've got a guy that sticks out in a big way, 
And I think he's going to be forgotten with the heroics of JJ and DeAndre and Deshaun. Ooh, are you talking about on offense or defense? Uh, for me, it's defensively. The most underrated guy was definitely defensively. Uh, we think in Cunningham, maybe? No. Maybe not underrated. He, he's not really underrated anymore. No, I mean, not, 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 no, I'm not saying it doesn't have to be a guy that's a, you know, somebody that's a underrated player. I'm just saying an underrated player in this game. Hmm. You got me. Go ahead. Yeah. The guy to me is Gary and Conley. Uh, he had the pass breakup in the end zone. He forced another miscatch in the end zone. He had great coverage several different times late in the game as they're trying to score. The Bills are trying to score. Uh, and over to, I mean, he was always all over his, and it, he, to me, this is the game that I go, okay, maybe we've got something for sure. in Gary and Conley, I think that sort of sets it in stone for me because Gary and Conley was fantastic. Look, Bradley Roby, uh, he's going to get all the, he's going to get all the fire and he's going to get all the heat. And, and, and he did a nice job, although boy, I mean, a couple of plays, if he could have made them. We might not yeah. have been in overtime. None of this might have mattered. He could have turned the game around early if anybody forgets. It was on the second possession where he drops a pick six. I mean, it was oh, yeah. set up perfectly for him. And then uh, you go to late in the game. It's an overtime. Uh, and actually, no, right before overtime. It was that last drive. The Bills uh, scored on the field goal uh, to tie the game. Bradley Roby drops an interception. And I mean, there were two times where... Uh, boy, it could have changed the entire outlook of this game and, and, and how it ended and everything. No, I have to agree with you about Conley, though. When, when he first came to the Texans, I mean, you know, obviously he was a cast off from the Raiders and he, he's kind of been up and down, but he started, you know, to make some plays. And uh, those plays you just mentioned were really big today. So, yeah, Gary and Conley, you know, he we're, we're starting to see things from players that were cast offs of other teams and they have come through for the Texans time and time again this year. No bigger time than this postseason game. Lots of sacks on Deshaun. Number one, you got to credit the Bills because this is a, one of the best defenses you're going to play in the National Football League. I mean, it's a top five defense. Maybe it's better than that. I mean, we got to be honest about these guys are good. It's not an accident. This isn't the Texans offensive line sucked. This isn't Deshaun. Uh, but they could have done things better because when I look through the sacks, the first sack, both Carlos Hyde and Laramie Tunsil Miss Jerry Hughes and Deshaun goes down. Second sack, Duke Johnson. He didn't get a clean block. Uh, that led to the second sack. There was a coverage sack where Deshaun held the ball on too long. The third time, Darren Fells was beat badly on the outside, basically whiffed. And uh, th that was bad. And then there was a, a, another coverage sack where Deshaun, I thought, eh, he uh, held the ball too long. Uh, th there was one play. Nice play calling. Nobody picked up a blitz. They're, they had one guy that just ran, you know, right at Deshaun. Deshaun tried to outrun him. I, I wish at times he just would rather, you know, I wish he would just see that and go, okay, nothing's there. Let me throw it away. Let me not make it a, a third and long or longer than it needs to be. But uh, it, it was a mixture of everything. And, and Deshaun, you know, it was partly their defense. It was partly some missed assignments, but Deshaun looked bad in the first. I thought he was rushing some throws, Steven. I mean, I, just, yeah. I didn't think it was all, you know, I, I don't think it was all Bill O'Brien bad play calling or all Buffalo Bills. I, I thought Deshaun had to take his share of the blame in the first half. Yeah, I honestly, I absolutely agree with you. And I, I counted maybe two or three plays or two or three sacks where I felt like Deshaun either should have thrown the ball away or, or just made better decisions. So I, I would definitely agree with you on that. Yeah, we knew the Bills defense 
was going to be tough going in. But some of those plays, and, and you know, a couple of those sacks were on third downs. One of them, yeah, it was just barely in Bill's territory, and it was third and long, so the Texans couldn't have possibly gone for it on fourth down. But the other on third down, you know, is when the Texans had to kick the field goal. So, you know, it, it was costly in a number of ways. But I, I just think sometimes I, I feel like Deshaun just is is so reluctant to throw the ball away. You know, just just lose the down, don't take the sack, come back on the next play. That's something that I, I think he's just a little bit slow on the draw to learn. Right. And I, and I also want to mention that the Texans, this is going to go unnoticed and you got to get, get on Bill O'Brien for, you know, things that you might get on Bill O'Brien for, but let's get on him for something that, that he's done right. Number one, they didn't beat themselves a couple of different ways. Penalties, uh, very few penalties in this game, basically only two penalties that I uh, have got that counted for anything, which were both on Laramie Tunsil, a false start uh, in regulation early in the game and a false start in overtime. So they didn't beat themselves that way. And they also, Stephen, they didn't beat themselves with turnovers outside of DeAndre Hopkins. De- Deshaun Watson didn't give up the ball. There were no other fumbles. They played a solid game just all the way around without making you know a, a major gaffe. And-, and those are the type of things that turn a game that could have been uh, oh, you're close, and we got a chance to, at the end, which they did, to it could have been a blowout. Yeah, if the Texans were going to lose the game today, Robert, I'd have to say it would be more on ineffectiveness than on mistake-prone football. I, I would say that, you know, in the first half, I'm sitting here thinking, this is the same Texans predictable offense that we see time and time again throughout the season that we saw last year against the Colts, that we've seen against the Chiefs. You know, in, in the postseason I'm talking about, in the first half, it was it's, it's almost like a rerun that they just sometimes are afraid maybe to take some risks and do something a little different and, and get creative. But in the second half, you know, it's like like we said, Deshaun just kind of found his rhythm, made some big plays. So, yeah, the, the, the Texans, if, if they were going to lose, it would have probably been on the ineffectiveness of how they did in the first half, especially and not the fact that they were just turning the ball over left and right and giving the Bills gifts after Christmas. All right, let, let's get to the play that everybody w- would have been talking about if the Texans lose this game. Let's go back to fourth and one. Uh, there's like a minute 10 to go in the game, somewhere in that neighborhood, Stephen. Uh, according to, um, there was per ESPN win probability model. Uh, you either go for it or you kick the field goal. A- according to their win probability, Attempting a field goal would have cost the Texans one percentage point of win probability as opposed to going for it on fourth down. If they try to kick the field goal, it's a six-point lead. The Bills are out of timeouts. It's a little over a minute to go. You would think it's a win. If they miss that field goal, it it puts the Bills seven or eight yards closer to being in field goal range on that final drive. Where were you on that? What did you think at the time? I just felt like they they really couldn't do anything else but go for it on fourth down. I mean, if they had punted, you know, if, if it had been blocked, it would have been a, a disaster. And, you know, if they had a chance, you know, certainly they would have had a chance to down it, you know, deep in Bill's territory, or it would have gone in the end zone and, the you know, the Texans or the Bills would have had to take over on a touchback. I mean, I, I didn't really find much fault in the fact that they went for it on fourth and one. I just felt like a, a field goal of that magnitude – yeah, it would have helped, but it, it's really a low percentage kick, I think, for Fairman. We just we just aren't all that comfortable in that range. So, 
as much as you know the fact it didn't work and the Bills did end up kicking the field goal to tie the game, I, I couldn't really find much fault in what the Texans decided to do. Do you think it's low percentage? Should it, I mean, a, a field goal that's less than 50, it was a less than 50-yard field goal for an NFL kicker indoors, no conditions to deal with. I, I don't think it should be that low percentage. I was kind of on the, I was kind of, let's go for it. But this is also where it gets tricky, Stephen. If if you go for it, did you like O'Brien's play call? Did you like the quarterback sneak? That, the, the quarterback sneak, I mean, that's pretty predictable, wouldn't you say? I mean, I would have liked to see maybe a, a different kind of running play. Um, but, you know, the fact is it didn't work. So <laughs> that's why it looks worse. Yeah, and it was, it was, I felt like it was, it was a long yard. It wasn't a short yard. Right, right. And, and Deshaun, he's not a big quarterback. They have a really stout defensive line. It was going to be really tough. I would have rather put Deshaun where he feels comfortable in the shotgun. Then he could have picked, you know, which direction he was going to go, which hole. Or here's the other thing. Deshaun's a great athlete. We've seen it over and over again. Let Deshaun have like a five-yard run-up where he can just dive over it like he did for the touchdown or for for the the two-point conversion. Right, but he didn't have any room really to do anything except try to bull his way through, and it didn't work. So, yeah, I I think that maybe – I don't know if everybody in the building was expecting a, a quarterback sneak, but but probably so. So, I yeah, I would have liked to have seen maybe a different play call, but I didn't find any fault with the fact they went for it on fourth, and it, it was a long yard, as you mentioned. If you go back and look at this game, I mean, there's so much to talk about, but before it even started, Stephen, no Will Fuller. Somehow they win without Will Fuller. How did that happen? <laughs> yeah, and I remember thinking, boy, this is where – Kenny Stills needs to shine. I mean, this offense just seems to struggle when Will Fuller's not in there. But, yeah, it was apparent before the game started he was not going to play. But, look, Robert, the the Texans have just got to learn how to deal with the cards that they're dealt. I I mean, Will Fuller is lately has been out more times than he's been in. And I still believe they have enough talent on offense and they have enough – you know, creative. I, I realized, you know, Jordan Akins also was missing the game. So, right. yeah, you, you were down there too. But look, the, the Texans have just got to learn that Will Fuller, it, it's almost a bonus when he's in there, really, because you just don't know that he can play consistently, certainly not throughout an entire season. He has yet to prove that. You know, what really hurts is that Kiki QT has not developed in this system that Bill O'Brien doesn't trust him, that he doesn't play. That's one less receiver that you could have in there in the slot that that we kept hoping that Kiki QT would figure it out, be a great slot receiver. So, you know, that puts more pressure on Kenny Stills, DeAndre Hopkins, really, to do it all, and Darren Fells, you know, from the tight end spot. The other guys missing in this game, you mentioned Aikens, also uh, to Sean Gibson, who's basically, you know, he's done. He's out for the playoffs. Jonathan Joseph couldn't go. Now, Gibson and Joseph, Correct me if I'm wrong, Steve. Both of those guys played in week 17. If they were at all in danger of getting hurt, I don't know if you want to play those guys, being that they're the reliable veterans. But at the same time, I don't know if you're not a little bit better without Jonathan Joseph seeing a ton of playing time with Bradley Roby and the way Gary and Conley are both playing right now. Yeah, I would say so. I, I know Joseph played against the Titans in the final game. I, I, I honestly cannot remember if Gibson... I. I, I think he did play a little bit. Neither one of them played very much. I know that. Yeah, it, just going through some of the other stuff from this game. I mean, if if you go through the first half, um, 
we got to talk about the first possession because this is this is one of the times where Bill O'Brien got one of the three times I mentioned <laughs> Stephen where he got fired. First first possession, he gets suckered into that bad challenge with DeAndre Hopkins and the fans both convinced him into challenging. You know the the pass interference. There's no you're not going to get a pass. We know this. We've seen it all year. You're not getting a pass interference called there, and you're, it definitely wasn't egregious enough. I mean, it was it was hand fighting. I just Bill O'Brien's got to stop this. You know, you he can't get emotion. You can't as a coach get emotional. You got to listen to your guys, and I don't mean your players, and I don't mean the fans, but you got to listen to somebody else, like maybe up in the booth or something like that. And if there's somebody up in the booth telling them this stuff, fire that person. You know what, Robert? I just I didn't realize it until just now. I'm looking at my notes on the play you're just talking about and where it's supposed to say, but O'Brien loses on P.I. challenge. Somehow I put an N in there. And so it's but no Brian loses on P.I. challenge. That's what we probably ought to call him is no, Brian, don't. <laughs> no, O'Brien, don't challenge because. I didn't even realize it until I just I'm just looking at it and there's an N in front of the O over O'Brien <laughs> that he just he loses yet another PI challenge. That's hilarious. Yeah, that's where well, you said it perfectly. <laughs> uh, if you go through the the drives, though, I mean, that throw, I, I thought Deshaun either, you know, could have needed to lead him a little bit more, make, make a better throw or, or try somebody else. Um, he Also, Deshaun, I felt like there were times early in the game, especially you know, we, we would see it on replays at times where he he's missing players that were open. Uh, I thought there were times where he just got panicky in the pocket when he didn't need to get panicky. And I've seen I've seen this happen with Deshaun quite a bit. But if you look at the next two drives, uh, Watson sacked on third down. That was when Duke Johnson didn't get the clean block. So that that really ended that drive. Then there was the the Tunsil false start which kind of screwed up the third drive because they, they get to close to midfield or past midfield, I think, on a couple of those uh, drives in the first half. And that, that was it. That was it, Stephen. There were three drives, three offensive drives in the first half because the Bills ate up clock and had the ball so much. Yeah, they really did. I mean, they they certainly they, they started out on offense. You know, they, they don't have a high-scoring offense, but they definitely got the running game going early and were very effective. And so, yeah, it was I, – I counted only – Three possessions for the Texans, too, in that first half. So, I mean, it seemed like more, but when you start looking at it, that's all the Texans got. So it wasn't until the second half that they really finally started putting things together. It's nice when you have the Bills kind of screwing things up, too. I mean, I I don't know what Josh Allen was doing at the end of regulation before, not the drive where they get the field goal, but the drive before that. He just, he takes some sacks where it wasn't necessary I thought they should have made it a little bit simpler because they were they were basically in Hauschka's field goal range. I thought he would have been fine. So that that's a little bit on Josh Allen, a little bit on the coaching. Also, in overtime, you get a rookie, Cody Ford, with a blindside block that basically pushes the Bills out of field goal range. It ends the drive. And 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 that's huge. It was a blindside block, you know, as the broadcast team mentioned that just it wasn't necessary. I mean, Josh Allen was was by the defensive player, and and it, it just wasn't. I mean, so the Texans they they got some breaks, but they also you know like like we said, Roby dropped two interceptions. There were there were plays that the Texans left out on the field. Darren Fells dropped third down pass first drive in overtime. That could have been devastating if if the Bills scored the field goal. And, they, and like I said, they almost they were pretty much in that position until Cody Ford 
uh, had the blindside block. Yeah, and I think that was also the same possession where Justin Reed made a great play on Josh Allen, stopping him on a run. So, uh, yeah, it was, you know, when you play a game like that, it honestly, everybody's tired by that point. And that's when you know mistakes usually are going to happen. When everybody's gassed, somebody is going to make a mistake or something's going to happen. So by the end of the game, those things were just, you know, whether it's a a penalty, a turnover, something of that nature. I mean, everybody probably left some things on the field by that point because everybody was gassed. I think even the fans were gassed after that game. Anything else that you had from this one? I'm trying to think. I mean, it's just like so much happened. It's it's like a blur at this point. Yeah, it really is a blur. I mean, I'm I'm just you know looking here, um, but I, I think we covered just about everything that we could cover, or else we'd we'd probably be here all night. But I I don't know, Robert. Here's here's a question for you: Is this the biggest playoff win in Texans history to this point? I mean, I know it's a first round game, but just considering the way the game was played and how the Texans almost went home again, and and how they came back in in terms of the full game and the result. What do you think? Yeah. I mean, well, there's, you don't have a whole lot of options. You got two wins against the Bengals. The, the one game you basically remember because JJ Watt uh, reached up and grabbed the interception, ran it back for a touchdown. And that was the, the, the basically coming out party for JJ. And then uh, I, I don't even remember anything about the second game against the Bengals, beating the Bengals to me is not that big a deal. I guess you could say beating the bills shouldn't be that big a deal. Obviously, you know, you beat uh, Connor Cook and the Raiders, so who cares? So, I mean, right. yeah, I, it, 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 there's not a lot of choice. I mean, I, w- I would say yes. I, it, it's still, I'm, I'm still at this point where you, after going through all this stuff, I just, you know, you keep going back to, are we just prolonging this out and whatever with Bill O'Brien? But, you know, rooting for the Texans to lose with a, with the slight hope that you could fire OB. I mean, I, I, I talk to people that listen to us, Steven, all the time and they're, and they're saying, Oh, well, um, maybe they shouldn't have won, won the game. Or I, I, I think it's kind of ridiculous at this point rooting for O'Brien to lose because do you trust this, anything about this organization to hire somebody else? You know, let's, let's, let's try to win the game and maybe you start getting lucky and maybe, OB accidentally wins some games and maybe you because you've got Deshaun Watson and the other team doesn't you can figure out a way to win a couple of games and boom you're 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 an accident away from getting to the Super Bowl. All right, yeah, let's look at this. I mean, how can a real fan of a team want your team to lose just because of the head coach? Just because you don't like the head coach or you you think there should be a different coach. Don't you want your team to win all go all the way to the Super Bowl? Look, who cares if Bill O'Brien gets the credit? If the Texans win the Super Bowl, the Texans win the Super Bowl. That's the only thing that matters. You think? Do you think that anybody cares because the Astros won the World Series? Do you think they care? Oh well, AJ Hinch was the manager. I don't like AJ Hinch. I didn't want him winning the World Series. No, you're, you're happy because the Astros won the World Series. If you're a true Astros fan, that's how you should feel. If you're a true Texans fan, the Texans they may get knocked out next week. Absolutely. We, we may be sitting here talking about a blowout for all we know. But look, they won the game on Saturday. It, to, the reason I asked you the question, Robert, is that you think about what if the Texans had lost this game, whether it was a blowout like the, the Colts or the Chiefs games, or whether it was a heartbreaking fashion like the Bills might have kicked the field goal in overtime to win. 
think of where, you know, what, how disappointing would this have been that yet another chance that the Texans had to get deeper in the playoffs and they blow it. A couple things on the uh, post game. Uh, Bill O'Brien admits that they had to make major changes at the half. You think so? He said, quote, yeah, gee, he said, quote, we went to different things on the play sheet, unquote. Duke Johnson said it's the wildest game he's ever been a part of, not, not even a close one. I, I, you know, I, I would say, oh, my God, this is one of the great, craziest, weirdest games I've ever seen. But it's just, you know, hashtag Houston sports, Stephen. This is hashtag yeah. Houston sports. It, it is Houston sports, unfortunately. I mean, well, I guess as long as they win, it's fortunate. But here's the thing, Robert, and I'll come back to it. And you kind of touched on this already. The Texans still need to prove that they're an elite team. And I'm sorry, you, you can't continue to get off to these kind of sluggish starts if you're going to get deeper into the playoffs. Do you think this would work against the Chiefs? Do you think this would work even against a Patriots team, you know, that you think might be weak or whomever? You know, we as we're recording this, the Patriots haven't played their game yet. But regardless, whomever's in the playoffs – do you really think that you can continue to do that the deeper you go in? I say no. They still need to learn how to play a complete 60 minutes of consistent football. No question. I mean, you could say that about a lot of teams, though, right? I mean, this is the NFL. <laughs> you can. I mean, it has been a crazy NFL season. And, and you know, the, there's all indication that the playoffs could be just as crazy. So, I mean, you know, we're only in the first week as we're recording this. So, yeah, anything can happen. But... Really, you you want your team to be as consistent as possible. It at least gives them the best chance to go deeper. Do you think J.J. Watt's going to play more next next week? I I would think so. Oh, absolutely. I mean, he's got to be in there unless he's just you know, unless he gets re-injured during practice. He's got to be in there. And the fact that he played as much as he did, it shows you right there that the Texans. It, it's all hands on deck. If he's able to go out there, he's going to go out there. No, I, I didn't say is he going to play. We know he's going to play. I said is he going to play more more. Well, yeah, I, I no, I heard you. I, that's what I'm saying. I, I think the fact that he played as much today as he did, I, I think the Texans are going to play him as much as he's able to. They ha you have to. You have to. Absolutely. I don't know what else he has to show there. And it was funny because they said on the broadcast that TJ, was, who was at the game, his brother, was right. wrestling with him uh, before the game or yesterday or whenever. And they were trying to they were basically testing it out which i'm sure is probably not part of the texans training staff protocol i don't know if they'd be happy about that but <laughs> yeah can you just imagine another like carlos correa rib injury that you know jj watt is re-injured the day before the game because he's wrestling with his brother tj think of the headline that that would create <laughs> yeah we don't even want to think about that but no i, I absolutely think that as, as long as watt can be in there uh, next week. I mean, he certainly got to work out today as much as he played. So yeah, you know, he's going to be in shape to go next week, just as long as the, as many plays as the Texans are going to put him out there for. I don't see anything that I like right now with the Texans offensive line in the running game, unless it's Duke Johnson, who's running the football. And from what I saw in this game, I just think moving forward, Duke Johnson needs to run the ball a little bit more because Carlos Hyde was not anything special. They were having difficulty doing stuff outside, and Duke Johnson allows you to go around the edge a little bit, maybe you know do some different things in the running game. And I, I you know, it, I, I think the one thing that you learn from this game is Bill O'Brien needs to kind of get away from 
this Carlos Hyde, we're gonna we want to jam it up the middle and we're gonna smash mouth you and all that kind of stuff because you win the game with Deshaun Watson and you win the game, I think, with a more open offense than than they showed in this game early on. Well, this is what I was talking about, about being so predictable. I just think that the the Texans offense, Bill O'Brien in particular, if he's calling the plays, gets into this this mode where I don't know if it's that he's comfortable or that he's they're just afraid to take risk. You know, sometimes I just feel like this running on first down play after play after play, it, it almost seems to me, and I certainly felt this way in the first half of this game, Robert, that sometimes the Texans play not to lose instead of playing to win the game and trying to make some bigger plays, get more creative. I You know, I mean, trick plays, you don't want to see those too much, but, you know, just widen it up. And I, and I even said earlier in the season that I thought Duke Johnson should be complimenting Carlos Hyde more, not just catching the ball out of the backfield, but even some more runs. And, yeah, Carlos has had a great season, but he, he's had some ups and downs in the last few games where some games he just hasn't been there, and then some games, you know, he still shows you some flashes that he's a new Carlos Hyde. So, yeah, I agree with you. I, I would like to see more of Duke Johnson running the ball as well as catching it out of the backfield and not just hide up the middle first down, hide up the middle second down, something like that. 16 carries for 48 yards, three yards of carries for Carlos Hyde. Duke Johnson with three carries for 38 yards, 12.7 yards a carry. And it just, it wasn't like he gave the ball to Duke Johnson on like third and 20 and he picked up an 18 yard gain or something. No, no, no. It, it was, it, these were like real downs and, and, and they had a real chance of getting a first down that drive. And it, it wasn't just third and longs where Duke Johnson's got, you know, a, a draw play or something like that. You know, I ran it a couple of weeks ago about this. I ran it about the fact that Bill O'Brien, you get a turnover and you immediately put the ball up in the air while the defense is off balance. They're not expecting to be back on the field. You throw the ball, you know, down the field. You try to make something happen really quick while the defense yeah. is off balance. And Steven, yeah. I, again, in this game, you get the turnover, the Josh Allen fumble which basically they tried to credit Whitney Merciless on the broadcast but he just dropped the ball it looked like and and you just you run the ball immediately after it's that. a running play oh I know. my god yeah. and of course yeah. it goes nowhere of course it goes nowhere and I knew it's like I know exactly what they're gonna do they should take the shot but no they're gonna run the ball gosh I'm sitting here I'm an armchair quarterback or armchair coach and I know it and the Texans still do it. Don't you think the Bills probably had that figured out? <laughs> because they certainly snuffed it out. So this is what I'm talking about, though, about getting creative, you know, and coming out of your comfort zone. I just feel like Bill O'Brien has too much of a comfort zone sometimes. The tackling has got to get better next week. Uh, the play calling early in the game's got to get better. They got to start games in the playoffs better, Stephen. I mean, here's the numbers. This is not good at all. The Texans have been outscored 35-3 to in the first quarter of their last three postseason games. Yeah, that's not going to get it done. I mean, that's that's exactly why, you know, you were so afraid after the first half of this game. It's like, we're looking at another Colts-Chiefs thing. Yeah, you can't have that. that. That's why I was saying a little while ago, the Texans have got to figure out a way to start better, play more consistently of 60 minutes. And when they start better, they they also need to make sure they don't allow the team back in the game. You know, don't, the defense can't afford to let up. They have to keep going like they did against, you know, the Patriots. They, they kind of let them up. I mean, if that game had gone, you know, five minutes more, who knows? The Patriots could have come back and won. So, yeah, they, they just but they can't afford to get off to these kind of starts in the postseason. I mean, it's just going to kill them. 
the outstanding guys on defense, uh, JJ Watt just being there, he got two QB hits in this game. Uh, he got no sacks, or you know, he got the, he had the one sack, but he did have the one sack that kind of turned things around. Yeah, yeah, that that one was a big one, but you know, it felt like there was uh, he was his, the biggest defensive guy in the whole game. I, I like I said, I loved Gary and Conley who had three passes defensed and seven tackles, six solo. You know, this is interesting. Bernard Drupin with 10 tackles led the Texans, six solo. Zach Cunningham, nine tackles, five solo. I didn't feel like they really impacted the game in a big way, though, did they? I wouldn't say so. I mean, there, there was, you know, pretty nice stops on, on Josh Allen, who, you know, he had the propensity to run the ball. We knew that coming in, and he did that a few times. But, no, I would say not. And let me ask you this. Do you think the Texans miss Kevin Johnson very much? <laughs> because hey, he was he was burned on a few plays, too. For the on, on the Bills defense, it was nice to have Kevin Johnson making screw ups on, at our at our <laughs> NRG for somebody else. Yeah, exactly. That that's exactly right. So, yeah, Kevin Johnson he he didn't come back to haunt his old team. That's for sure. Didn't he limp off the field in, in true Kevin Johnson fashion? At some I point? think he may have. Yeah, <laughs> that that is entirely possible. So yeah, the Texans twenty two to nineteen. They win this one. We're going to have more on the game later this week, on the next game later this week, uh, with uh, the Texans. As we're talking, it's up in the air. It could be the Chiefs. It could be the Ravens. If you're the Texans, you're probably, uh, I think every Texans fan's rooting for the Titans as I speak right now, and maybe they can knock off the Patriots, and then you can potentially get the Chiefs instead of the Ravens because the Texans have one in Kansas City. Now, this is a different, it's a different Chiefs team than the Texans saw early in the year. So, you know, you can root for that to happen, but it doesn't it doesn't mean a ton, but I I don't want it I don't want any part of the Ravens at this point. Well, I certainly don't either, unless they just fall down and flop in their first playoff game. I, I mean yeah, you, you have to say Baltimore is the team to beat in the entire NFL, AFC, NFC, the whole thing at this at this stage. Deshaun Watson, let's see you do it for four quarters, but in this game twenty for 25, 247 yards, 9.9-yard 9 uh, average, one touchdown, no big zero interceptions, none, zero. That's huge. Seven sacks. I don't think that's going to happen next week if they face the Chiefs. Now, the Ravens could be another story, uh, but yeah. the, they've got to get they've got to get some things squared away, and it's not necessarily your tackles and your guards and your center. It's your running backs that have got to do a better job blocking. It's your tight ends. It's Deshaun Watson that's got to be able to read things better, that's got to be able to get rid of the ball better, all of those things. But last comment, I'll just leave you with one final thing, Stephen. Does the 16-0 avenge 35-3 to at all? Is it me or anything? <laughs> yeah. Boy, I, I mean, it's close, but uh, no, nah, that 35-3, to 3, I mean, I, I know that there have been a lot of people that don't even remember that game, but that that's just something. I, I don't know if, how you can ever wipe something like that away unless unless the Texans do it. You know, if, if they had been down 35-3, to 3, yeah, that would have been sweet justice for sure. But hey, 16 to nothing, 22 to 19, it's still a playoff win, and that's really the big thing, baby. It's still a playoff win. And it sure is nice to have Deshaun Watson and J.J. Watt, DeAndre Hopkins on your side. You've got three guys that can make extraordinary plays in the next playoff game, whoever you're playing. So you 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 feel like you've got a chance every single play if those guys are out on the field because 
you know, having a couple of them on the offensive end, one of them on the defensive end, it's, it's a big factor. And, and I'll re- repeat uh, what Deshaun Watson said in the post game, because I think it pretty much sums it up. He said, somebody had to be great today. Why not me? And Deshaun Watson, when it mattered the most, and there were two guys coming at him and they sandwiched him and he should have gone to the ground like any normal quarterback would have gone to the ground. He just stands back up. He spins it around. He fires to Taiwan Jones. Somehow Taiwan Jones ends up being a big part of this. I don't know how, but Taiwan Jones comes up with a huge run there, but also it's, it's all set up. It's all Deshaun. Deshaun made that play happen and, and uh, Kaimir Fairbairn did his job, ended it. The Texans win 22 to 19. They win the wild card game. They're into the second round. At the very least, if you're a Texans fan, you got to be happy that this is what you would have expected at the very least when the season started. Hey, let's get to the second round of the playoffs. And if we got a chance there and we got it, and maybe we can get to the AFC championship game, then you would say, oh, absolutely a successful year. If they lose this one and it's a close game, are you happy? Are you not? Ha- Let me know what you think. Let me know if you think if they lose a classic game. Let's say it's a classic against the Ravens or the Chiefs on the road. Info at Houston Sports Talk. Let me know. Is is that does that mean anything to you? Info at Houston Sports Talk.net. It's info at Houston Sports Talk.net. It's in the show description. You can't miss it. We'll talk to you again later this week. You're listening to Houston Sports Talk. Don't forget to follow Houston Sports Talk on Facebook and Twitter. Subscribe to us on iTunes, Spotify, the Google Podcast app, or the Stitcher app. You can support us by giving us a five-star review on iTunes or by telling your friends about us. Spread the word, everybody. Thanks for listening.